All right, let's pray. Father, it's been great just being in your presence, and now it's time for us to hear from you what you have to say to us through your scripture, your written word. We pray, Father, that you will, as we open our hearts, that your Holy Spirit will open up the truth for us and lead us into all the truth. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, it's been a long time since I'm, I'm standing up in this spot. <laughs> but uh, this morning I would like to share something, just follow on the, uh, the whole thing that uh, Dai started. And uh, I, uh, last uh, two weeks ago, I listened to Calvin's sermon. It was a powerful sermon. He preached on the whole chapter one of the book of Colossians. So this morning I would like to sort of pick up some of the, the things from, from that chapter, just a few verses of that that I want to highlight, just to also just to reinstate what was, what was communicated. How many of you know that repetition is a good form of communication? Repetition is a good form of communication. Repetition is <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read from uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. I'm reading from the uh, NIV, the non-inspired version. That's a joke. Some people love the ESV, some people love the King James, but this morning I'm going to read from NIV. Now I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's affliction for your sake. For the sake of the body, of his body, which is the church. I have become his its servant, the servant of the, of the church, by, commission, by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that's been hidden for ages and generations. But it is now disclosed to the Lord's people, to them, to God's people, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery. What is that? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, what end? The maturity of the people of God. I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I love that. To that end, I strenuously contend. This passage, because we're in this whole thing of the Antioch church, and one of the punchlines that, that I, uh, because I talk about vision, the punchline that was, that's been repeated over and over, when Paul said, at the end of his ministry, where he said, I have not been disobedient 
to the heavenly vision. Throughout all this that I've gone through, all the things that I've done, I haven't been disobedient to the heavenly vision. And this passage is a clear and vivid demonstration and manifestation of that very statement in that passage. We'll, we'll uh, get to that, you know, the whole manifestation of God, uh, of Paul's statement. <laughs> we'll talk about that more as we continue on, the, on the, this uh, subject of Antioch Church. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Okay, while Paul's dramatic conversion happened on the way to Damascus, but you got to understand, the establishment of Paul as a minister happened in Antioch. In Antioch. So let's go through this passage. Okay, concerning the book of... Uh, Colossians, scholars have, have made sort of claim, different claim concerning Paul's writing. And uh, they, they, they said, when you read 2 Corinthians, we get to know Paul's, Paul, who Paul is as a person. If you want to know what Paul is like as a person, as a man, 2 Corinthians is the book for it. And if you want to know what Paul believes as a church, his view of what church is, Ephesians is the book for it. But when you read Colossians, you get to know what Paul thinks about who Jesus is. Colossians' presentation of who Jesus is in that writing in the book of Colossians it is the clear description of who Jesus is and his essence, especially when you read chapter 1 and chapter 2. When we read uh, chapter 1, verse 15 to 20, which covered, it, it's a complete description of what, it's almost like the sum of Paul's understanding of who Jesus is. And uh, also in chapter 2, verse, verse 9, especially chapter 1, uh, chapter, one uh, chapter 2, verse 9, chapter 1, verse 19, where Paul described Jesus as the embodiment of God bodily. Okay? The way he describes it, all the deity of God embodies in, is embodied in Jesus. God was the, the whole, the, the fullness, as a matter of fact, he said, the fullness of the deity is pleased to dwell bodily in Paul. Now, within that discussion, then he presents the church as the body of Christ. Which means, when you look at, in the context of this discussion, the body of Christ that is discussed in Colossians is different to that in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the language was a metaphor. Metaphorically speaking, and operationally speaking, functions and all that, he used human body as, you know, like you are the arm, you know, like different functions. Whereas when it comes to Colossians, when he talk about the body of Christ, he's not talking metaphorically, he's talking literally. 
What he's saying is this, just as cross embodies all that God is, we are to embody Christ. I'll say it again. What he's trying to say is this, not a metaphor, literally, just as Christ embodies all that God is, you and I now are meant to embody all that Jesus is. There's no other community that has that type of call and position before God. Right now, when the, in the time of deconstruction and people, whatever, the church, listen, after pastoring the church, after going through all the stuff that we go through, I talk to a pastor and we share you know, our experience and he said, so how do you feel after what, going through what you're going through? I said, I will do it again. Because that's what we are. Whew. So after presenting the truth about Jesus, the embodiment of God and the church as the embodiment of Jesus, then Paul in this first chapter starts to describe, what is my part in that? This is, he starts to break down. Okay, what is my part? What, what is my role in the whole picture? And he presents himself in three aspects. First, as a servant of God, chapter 1, verse 7. And the second thing, he presented himself as the servant of the gospel, chapter 1, verse 23. And then the third part, servant of the church. So three aspects of servanthood. I'm a servant of God, servant of the gospel, and servant of the church. And within these four verses that, the, 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 that, that I just read, Paul shows us the key and ingredient that would make him, and you and I, as God's servant, effective as followers and ministers in these three aspects of ministry. How to be effective as God's servant? Let's go through verse by verse. Now I rejoice in my suffering. That is not the kind of gospel in the Western, in the Western world now that we hear too often. In a success-driven society and you know, individualistic society, we all want to be prominent. Everybody. But that's not what God wants. God wants us to be significant, not prominent. So here he, he we go. I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. <laughs> Woo! And in my flesh, I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body. That is the church. Now, if you read sort of like on a surface like a Hang on, I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. 
and I looked at, looked at the, uh, the the Greek translation, and I trans you know if if I translate it from Greek, this is pretty much what what it says. Now I rejoice. Literal translation will be like this: I rejoice in my suffering for your sake, and filling up the lack of Christ's affliction in my flesh. Do you guys getting that? The lack of Christ's affliction in my flesh. So the lacking is not the the, the Christ's affliction. The lacking is in my flesh for the sake of his body. It's like if I can use a metaphor, I go to the doctor and to, you know, because I, I like to, uh, to do, you know, to work out every now and then, not every now and then, every day. <laughs> and, um, and one day I say, if I go to, to, to my doctor, like, I just don't feel the energy. And I was like, my, I don't feel fit enough. And the doctor did a blood test and everything. Let me see, check. Brum, there's a lack in your blood. You need more iron in your blood to be effective in your training. Well, it's kind of like that. Paul, if you're not effective, you need more of the suffering of Christ in your system. There's a lack in your system, in your flesh. What is that lack, uh, Dr. Jesus? The suffering of Jesus. I rejoice in my suffering, filling up in my flesh, Christ's affliction. I need more of the suffering of Jesus. And he said, I need this for the sake of God's people. Anybody, anybody wants to be a minister? <laughs> in ministry? <laughs> this should remind, remind us of Philippians 1, 20 to 21, when Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain. People love to quote this scripture, but actually it's an it's a incomplete quotation because the focus that in, in, in that scripture, the context in that is that Paul said, I want Christ to be honored, whether by life or by death, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 2. And at the same time, it's, it's hard to choose between the two because if I die, I'll go to, to Christ right away. To be absent from this body means to be present with Christ. So I, I'm confused between the two choices, whether to live in this world or to be with Christ because to be with Christ is like, man, I'll be with him, you know, like in his presence. And then he said, but knowing that for me being here is more profitable, profitable for you guys, I'll hang around for a while. <laughs> His personal desire, highest personal desire is like, I just want to be present because to be absent from this body is to be present with Christ. That is my first choice. But knowing that me being here is profitable for you guys, I think I'm going to hang around for a while. That's why he wrote in Colossians. Yeah. He does this for the church. <laughs> of which I become a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me, verse 25. 
Paul says here that God has entrusted a massive task into my hand. To do what? To make known the word, word of God. To make the word of God fully known. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing all this so the word of God is made fully known. What is that? He said, and because there is a mystery. What is the mystery? That is hidden for ages and generations. He said, now I want to see it revealed to the church, to them, to us, you and I. God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory, which is Christ in us. The hope of glory. That language is, in a way, it's a picture of the, the Old Testament in Exodus, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and, and Deuteronomy, where Israel is marked by God being in their midst. But in the Old Testament, it's like, you are known because God is among you. But here, he said, pretty much he said, it, it has changed. You are known because God is in you, not just among you. Can you see the transition from Old Testament? It's an expression of the Old Testament. Israel is known by the nations around them because God was among them. But now, coming to the New Testament, we are known because God is in us. Yeah. He is the one we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom as ministers, as leaders, anybody in the church. Our existence is not just to proclaim or to preach, but to warn and teach God's people also. We call this discipleship. <laughs> yeah. What's the purpose of discipleship? It's in verse 28, verse 28, uh, 28b. That we may present everyone fully mature. That's the whole thing. Sometimes you know, we have to confront people. Why? And in that process, we take the risk of being misunderstood or being seen as, oh, you're just a little bit too strong. Well, we do our best. Why? And sometimes people reject us. That's fine. Why? Because we want to see them presented as fully mature before Christ. You notice Paul said this, wrote this in verse 20, uh, 28. He mentioned it in verse 22 that it began with Christ reconciling them to himself. So our part now, all you here because you're here because Jesus has reconciled you to God. He initiated the work that you, we, we as leaders now have to continue to build you up to that point of being mature. Yeah. That is our job. Every church pastor's job is that. Whatever whatever the vision is, member life or any church, it's not about building this ministry, it's about building you guys. To build mature people that 
embody all that God is and to build all who Jesus is. This is the call of the church so that we as a church embodies who God is. So after presenting the truth about Jesus and the embodiment of God and the church as the embodiment of Jesus, Paul then tells us his God-given role in this whole picture is powerful. And I love the way he, he used it. I strenuously contend. I think, I hope this is the heart of all of, all of you guys. Whoever you lead, you in Bali, Sam, with the black group leaders, I hope this is it. I'm going to strenuously contend for this. Di and I, that, that is our decision. Whatever come against us, we're going to strenuously contend for the maturity of the people because that's why we're here. So the conclusion is this. What Paul is saying is this. God has entrusted something to him that he needs to be a good steward of. And that is the task to make God's work fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations. This task not, not just to preach. In verse 28, it's very clear. But teach and admonish God's people. And yet he said, listen, in my effort to do this, I see something that might just stop me from being effective in my job. And what is it? The lack of Christ's affliction in my flesh. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So what he's saying is this, without Christ's suffering in my flesh, I'm not fit for the job. <laughs> it's that simple. It's very different to some cocky leaders in the world. Paul said, without Christ's suffering in my flesh, I'm not fit for the job. Let's all stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Let's be people committed to build each other up because that is the church. You know, before Diana was in full-time ministry, we would minister, we were already sent Indonesia to China to we were ministering. People asked, I was still working in a tire factory. People asked me, so are you in full-time ministry? I said, no, I'm not full-time, but full-time. Sometimes we, we, we see ministry and the church as a position, and, and we read the Bible, we look back, and we, we prophets, apostles, evangelists, and it's like, and it becomes titles, but I want to say this. Before there were titles, okay, they were function. They were tasks fulfilled. And then they look like, oh, I'm being an apostle, actually. After doing all the stuff that I'm doing, 
that's what I'm doing. I'm being an apostle. John was pastoring the people, pastoring the church. Not huddle. And then looking, oh, what I'm doing is that's what I'm doing. I'm pastoring people. <laughs> and nowadays we are huddle center. No, no, no. God is looking for us to function yeah. and just do it. Just do it. Build each other. Now, the way that I would build people different to the way I would build people. The way Calvin would build differently. Some people are pastoral. They, they, they sit with that person and do whatever. Or they don't get with the pastoral way. Guys, like a coach. Come on, brother. You know? Whereas with me, sometimes when I, when I try to I like teaching. But you know what? Whatever it is, God will use whoever you are. This is the heart of the church. And for us to be effective, guess what? When you stand on the truth, it will cost you everything. Now let me say this. If you ask me, I'll tell you, it's worth it. I'll do it again. God bless you all. This is what we want to create, you guys. People who will build other people at their own expense. You will build people. Okay, can, can we say this? I want to build people. Come on. I want to build people at my expense. That's it. <laughs> yes, proof, yeah, proof. Yeah. God bless you guys. I love you all.